This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by True Car. Turn on that radio and back here. Yeah, it's real. It's real, brother. It's real. Right here. Look in the flesh. Oh, Come on, man. Wow. You know, it, in some ways it feels like yesterday. In some ways it feels like 10 years. But it has been 7 months, 13 days, and 23 hours. But who's counting? Wow, man. It's been that long? It's been a while, yeah. It's been a while. Jeez. Well, hey, I'm Dave Villa. I'm Dave Krebs. And you're watching Auto Dealer Live. Come on. Come this on. is TBT, baby. Throwback Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, it's funny. We did a promo for this thing this week, and um, we we talked about this. We obviously, you know, discussed uh, doing this show, uh, what, a month ago or so, and um, we um, we did a, we did a promo, you know, in, in good fashion. We usually wait till the last minute. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you didn't like that as much as I did. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But dude, we, when we did the promo, man, I, I'll be honest with you, it just kind of it just kind of clicked. And it, it just it did. It just felt it just felt like it like it needs to feel like it's supposed to feel. So, man, I tell you what, I'm I'm honored to have uh, DC back here and uh, sitting in the chair, man. Right now, we're having a uh, we're having a great week, man. What's up, brother? Yeah, hey, I'm honored and privileged to be here, and I also want to thank Tommy for graciously allowing me to sit in today. And it actually worked out well for Tommy because it's the last day of the month, as mm-hmm. it would turn out. He just got a deal back. Tommy's earlier. T- t- no joke. I don't want to. I mean, I hope none of his customers are, are listening. But Tommy, Tommy, for real, just by being able to focus today on the last day, the last day of the month. See, I know people who let salespeople off, you know, on the last day of the month, calling on dealerships. And I understand dealers are busy, but Tommy's made like four grand today. Yeah, you I, know, in servicing dealers, and they're happy to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been an invaluable day for him. And again, I just want to thank him. Absolutely. Even though he is tweeting, he is tweeting. And uh, do you know Tommy's beard? You know, some things have happened, man, since Cribs. What's going? What's happened since Cribs has been gone? One of the things that's happened, Tommy's beard has a Twitter account, and he doesn't even control it. <laughs> Before he could even get Tommy's beard, somebody created Tommy's beard on Twitter, and it's like a beard, you know, like a, like an Amish-looking, right. you know, hairy beard, and somebody tweets on behalf of Tommy's beard. That's, that's awesome. He's dropped about, you know, 50 pounds since I left, too, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and then he put on 20 pounds in beard. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a GQ yeah. Sasquatch now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. G, how do you yeah. say that? GQ Sasquatch. Say that about five times fast. Hey, man. So, <laughs> hey, so, so, listen. Get on Twitter. You guys, listen. You see this right here? This is pretty cool. I'll be honest with you, man. I, I want to win this because it's like a little set. If you haven't seen this or anything, I, you know, I don't pick it up and mess it up. There's a set here, and it's got the little background of the set behind us. It's got, I mean, it's got the lights on the side. You can't really see the side, but it's got lights shining down on the side, and. 
Cribs and, and my bobblehead here. It's a collector's edition, one of a kind. There isn't another. Matter of fact, this is the prototype. It's priceless. It's priceless. It's priceless, man. You can't buy them in stores. Can't buy them. And, and, let, and you know, well, I mean, it might be a price on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll make a duplicate collector set. Yeah. To. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But uh, top influencers today, hashtag Auto Dealer Live on Twitter and also on Facebook. And we're just going to, it's going to be just common sense of who wins this thing because you're going to just influence your butt off today. And uh, so I don't know, man. I don't know who's going to win it. Yeah, I don't know. But I can tell you this, Dave, I am so excited about getting back in front of dealers. And today we're going to be talking about essentially the road to the desk, how to get promoted in the car business. Mm. And, and this is something that really plagued me early in my career because it, it was really ambiguous. And, I, you know, I'm anxious to hear and talk about with dealers today what it looks like in their dealership and what they think it, sh- it should look like. You know, yeah, man, and I'm, I'm absolutely, I love this conversation. And, and why do you think, you know, and th- this is your question. You've been in the business for a long time. And why do you think that it, 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 it's so blurry how to get promoted in the car business. I mean, you know, in, in real estate and in other industries, you know, it seems like there's a path and it's laid out in front of you. Why, why does a car business, man, have this issue with, hey, this is where you could be in five years with my organization? Because I think that I, I think one of the keys in keeping good people, man, is it, it works for attracting good people and then keeping them is letting them know how they can get to where they maybe want to get to. Yeah, you know, I think you guys may have touched on it. Well, actually, I think you touched on it on your Periscope at the women's conference that I was watching, but Mm -hmm. you touched on the fact that sometimes, you know, purpose is as important, if not more important, than money. And even though we know that, um, you know, we want to make more money as we go in our career, and one of the ways to do that, and I don't want to discount those who are making a great living selling because there's some, we're going to talk about that today too, but there's some of you out there that uh, would be taking a pay cut if you got promoted. That's a different story. But, you know, having that path and understanding, I think goes back to that purpose where you know that you're working towards something and there's, you, you kind of have some type of plan to get there, but it has always seemed really ambiguous in the car business, you know? So yeah. I'm anxious to hear what, what other dealers will weigh in at today. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're going to also talk a little bit about desking, and and, uh, and 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 so I know that's a favorite topic of yours. Oh, Come on, maybe just a little desking deals, baby. <laughs> follow Dave on Twitter at desking deals, and uh, of course follow him on Facebook as well. And uh, what do you think, man? I mean, talk, give us a little, give us a little uh, insight to uh, to the to the to the kind of subtopic. The subtopic. Well, you know, I think we'll be talking about. Um, what the path we, we just mentioned the road to the desk mm-hmm. you know one of the things that's ambiguous or maybe uh not consistent in the car business is uh where a salesperson goes when they do get promoted do they go to an internet department do they go to uh, a closing position do they go to finance mm-hmm. should finance be the natural road to the desk so well one of the other things too we talked about is 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 and we we've experienced this even with you know because you were here for quite a while we experienced this one of you know we won't mention names one of our good clients great car guy but they literally told you and i on a training call when we were helping them that they were basically in in in, for lack of a better way to say it somebody was being held back that was a that was an upper echelon salesperson from being promoted because they were scared to lose the numbers Yes. And so, I mean, well, two things come to my mind on that. I mean, A, I mean, A, a it's, it's, you know, how can you grow without promoting proper leadership? And then B, probably more importantly, how can somebody look forward 
and, and, and will they stay if there is no future? You know, if this is all I have, if I have no ability to lead. Yeah, you know. that goes back to what you, you kind of opened with is mm -hmm. the fact that the turnover, because, you know, it's, it's no secret that if you're in a dealership and it is your desire to go into management and you can't see a clear cut path or it doesn't feel like it's working out for you and maybe the grass looks a little greener on the other side, it's easy to lose people in the dealership over this one particular issue. So it's important to address. Totally agree, man. Well, I'm excited, brother. I'm excited. Yeah, me too, man. We got, about, to go. we got about 50 minutes of great show ahead. And we have, we have an, what, a, what an outstanding group of, of, of car people on the show today. And uh, I will tell you this, that every person that's on the show today, we have a panel of four, they're actually currently employed, working in management at dealerships across this United States. Yeah, we, we couldn't be hearing from anyone closer to the topic that we're talking about. They deal with this day in and day out in their own dealerships and stores. And, you know, we have the West Coast represented. Yes. We've got the state of Texas represented. We've got the East, Northeast-ish represented. Then we have the South represented on this show today with dealers. Yeah, that's going to be a great perspective, too, because we're going to see, is there consistency? And mm -hmm. this is essentially what we're talking about. And maybe what should be the right way, the wrong way. But what is the consistency in these dealers that are around the different parts of the country? Very cool. Hey, make sure you get on social media. Hashtag Auto Dealer Live on Twitter. It's already blowing up. This little light, by the way, when it blinks means people are tweeting. And uh, we're going to be uh, posting their tweets. Are their tweets showing up on the screen, Lou, today? Okay, good. So we're going to have your tweets up on the screen, and um, and uh, we're going to be back in two and two. Don't forget, though, Top Influencer wins this. We want to give this away. And um, Stacy Ellison says, I have no bobbleheads. Well, Stacy, here it is. This is your chance to get them, and it's your chance to get a one-of-a-kind. You can rub this all up in Arnold Terrina's nose because if he doesn't get this, then uh, he, this, he's never going to have an opportunity to get this particular thing just like this. Even if we did something cool, like a cool box and all, that's cool, but this is a prototype. Yeah. I mean, and right? it, it's it, kind of like a, you know, it, I mean, it's, yeah, we made a, it. Yeah. It's a one of a kind. They just, <laughs> I, mean, I think they just put it together today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much it's, it's, you know, we, we made it. I mean, That's it's, awesome. you know, this is, you know, you know, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> like licking, you know, licking yeah. an envelope kind of thing. Yeah. Let's see if you can complete your collection, Arnold Tiarina. I know you're a big supporter. In fact, you're usually uh, ath mostly athletics, right? That he supports. Yeah. Like athletics athletic and supporter. ballet. And stuff like that. Athletic supporter. Yeah. Um, so let's do it. All right. The next up, don't go anywhere. The next up is going to be the amazing Great American Automotive Panel, the TBT panel. You, you, you go ahead. Today's technically our Great American Automotive Panel, which we do once every month, month and a half. But it happens to be TBT, Throwback Thursday. And we're going to be talking about a couple of great topics, as Dave just mentioned. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. With rising competition and shrinking profit margins, you need every resource available to help you succeed. TrueCar has the ability to be the most powerful tool in your arsenal. Go with the pros who know. Your dealership wouldn't trust its vehicles in the hands of an uncertified technician. So why trust its finances with accounting firms that don't know your business? Rosenfield & Company knows the automotive industry and has been serving dealerships like yours for over 20 years. We take pride in helping our clients grow from single point stores to some of the largest dealer groups in the country. We are more than just your accountants. Our team can guide you through mergers and acquisitions, operational reviews, succession planning, and more. 
Visit us on the web for more information at www.rosenfieldandco.com. Jason Rice from Lapop, and let me tell you what we do to help dealerships increase used car sales 20 to 30 percent in gross and volume. Three areas we focus on, trend reports, we look at weekly trends that no one else is trending to make adjustments on our inventory. Two is we do weekly review calls to review those trends, but also we dig through every car that needs to be price adjusted to increase the searches. And three, we do a virtual lot walk, make sure every car is standing tall in line and make sure we don't have bad photos like these. Check out our website, lotpop.com our blog at AutomotiveRevolution.com and our weekly video tips at IncreasedTurn.com. Thanks. Hello, I'm Alan Ram, president and founder of Alan Ram's Proactive Training Solutions. Let's face it, good managers are defined not by what they do when they have a showroom full of customers, but more by what they do when there are no customers in the showroom. In 2015, whether you like it or not, the car business is all about conversion of opportunities and driving traffic. All those great closers and desk people are not doing you a whole lot of good if your dealership is not converting effectively on the telephone and internet. As an owner or dealer, when you see five salespeople standing by the front door doing nothing, don't kid yourself, your dealership is not being effectively managed. Management by Fire is a two and a half day intensive course conducted entirely by me that teaches managers how to effectively manage in today's automotive industry. Simple processes for driving high quality traffic. For more information on upcoming events, please call my team at 866-996-4665. Once again, 866-996-4665. Thank you. Service Group has over 40 years of experience empowering dealerships to grow profits, develop personnel, and provide their customers with a high level of service. We offer high quality products, world-class servicing, and innovative training and technology. Meet our team, first-class trainers, the best account managers, and an executive team that's second to none. This is your Service Group team. We look forward to giving your people the power to I'm excited about the future of TrueCar, and I hope you are too. As we evolve our product and service, we'll keep listening to dealers and making even more enhancements based on your ongoing feedback. live it's auto dealer live it's throwback thursday hashtag tbt i'm dave cribs i'm dave villa and we're back we're talking about today we're talking about the road to the desk as opposed to the road to the sale we're talking about how to get promoted in the car business 
You know, man, it's crazy about that. I think the road to the sale has been talked about a lot, but the road to the desk hasn't. And you know, it's a short road, but man, it's 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 not a road for the faint at heart, is it? It's not, and it's not a clear-cut path. And that was one of the reasons we chose a topic today, because there's a lot of kind of ambiguity when it comes to yeah. how to get promoted in the car business. Absolutely. So, hey, without further ado, I know we're down one, but actually uh, we may be picking up a dealer, another dealer jumping on. So without further ado, we have on... Uh, as the next up today on Auto Dealer Live, we have Mike Carrera, sales manager at Chino Hills Ford. We have Kevin Campbell, e-commerce director at Sandy Sansing Automotive Group, and Andy Buck, general manager at Montgomery Lincoln. And uh, hopefully we get Gus Delion, a sales manager at Toyota Far. I mean, it is the last day of the month after all. And also I've invited uh, Philip Pogue from Butch Oslet Chevrolet. So Philip may just buzz on in at any given time. So if you guys hear somebody go, I'm here, kind of probably just like that, kind of in kind of a southern voice. He's a, he's a car guy extraordinaire. So, hey, guys, thanks for joining us. And uh, hope you guys are closing strong and appreciate you taking a few minutes to be with us, especially on the last day of the month. Yeah, absolutely. We do appreciate that. And give us a call. Call in today and tell us what you think the natural progression is or what you think the road to the desk should look like. 813-574-1820. Hashtag TBT. Auto, hashtag Auto Dealer Live. Well, man, who do you want to start with? We got Mike. Hey, guys, I th- thanks for joining us. And, and I know uh, we got a couple of you guys on Skype. And and um, so, hey, you, you heard you heard what we're talking about. Kevin, I, Kevin, I want to start with you, man. What's up, Mike? I see Mike the Mike Carrera there on screen. Kevin Campbell, man, starting with you. We're talking about... No, no problem, man. Our pleasure. I know you guys are extremely busy, and and uh, and I know you guys are all proponents of of you know of promotion and finding a way to not only hire talent but to help people escalate their careers in the auto business. Obviously, you've seen enough in your career, guys. People get out of this business because seemingly where they were, there wasn't enough opportunity and maybe the right opportunity. So, uh, Kevin, let me start with you, man. We're talking about. The path to the desk. We're talking about, you know, how fuzzy Dave's been saying, you know, ambiguous the path to the desk is. I mean, like, you know, why is this in the car business, man? Um, I think, just to be brutally honest, I think sometimes that uh, when managers do do get promoted, we see a, a lack of them wanting to to share share that knowledge with uh, with the people underneath them. You know, they want to protect their job and kind of hold that to themselves. I think that. What we have is a lack of mentorship in the upper management. Um, and, you know, and per, I mean, obviously you got to identify that right person who cares and comes to work and is doing all the basic stuff of their current position, right? Um, but I think as as upper management, we got to be able to identify identify those talents and then invest time into building those people back up. Um, you know, I just think that's something that's, that's absolutely key. You know, spending that little bit extra time, uh, you know, outside of their normal job. You know, show them a little bit about your job. And, uh, and take on that mentorship program. I think that's something that our industry is definitely missing. Yeah, and, and you know, what, what in your opinion is the way to the desk? Like, what would be the natural progression in your store? And also, maybe, is that the same in your store as what you may believe that it should be also? Is it through finance? Is it through Internet? What are the different steps to uh, go to the desk at your store? Um, it's... There's, there's really no set progression, I think, in our store. I think that we identify people who, who have talents and show that, you know, through a history of time, that they do everything right. They come to work on time, and, and they got something that we call, you know, giving a damn. You know, if you walk by spilled coffee in the showroom floor, you don't just walk by it. You, you, you pick it up, and you do those little things that show that you care about your organization. Well, um, obviously, obviously, you have the skills to do the job. 
Um, but, um, you know, I just think that, that to get to the desk, you, you've got to understand the sales job. And whether they go through finance to get to the desk first, I think finance is a huge part of understanding the desk position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, think, I don't think it's an absolute must. I mean, you've obviously got to be a good leader, too. You've got to be able to motivate your people. Um, but I don't think, you, you know, you've got to go through Internet and you've got to go through, through finance in order to have that desk job. I think you need to really understand the car deal, though, uh, and be able to lead your people. Mike, something I heard with Kevin's uh, Dave's question and Kevin's answer, I heard uh, at first something I, I kind of want to stay on for a second. You know, he he said it's it's almost like it's almost like holding on to your 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 special sauce, holding on to your your secret weapon. You know, so he, basically, I heard like you know, hey, some of these guys are good and they don't want to share it because they're afraid that they may get pushed out. Let me ask you, Mike Carrera, you know, uh, Mike the car guy. I mean, have you seen that in your career? A and and B, why do you think something like that exists in this industry? When when other industries, people get it. It seems like, and I think that's human nature. If you're not taught, but in so, in some industries, it's it's you know it's they realize that they can't be pushed out, but only pushed up. What is it about the car business, man? I mean, have you seen this in in your career? <laughs> I've seen it for 27 years. I think this business has more fear driving it than any other industry. Um, you know, we're always. Not me myself, but the industry is afraid to promote a good salesperson into a closer or a team leader position because they're going to lose out on a you know a great salesperson on the floor. Then they they keep that guy down, and he ends up going to another store to get a closer position or a job in finance and becomes a great person. And then they want to bring him back. Hey, come on back to the store now that you've you know grown your wings out in somebody else's store. I think we need to set that aside. Uh, I've had discussions with the general managers that I've worked with before, and they said, you know, I don't want you to help the salespeople build their own digital brands and be working with them on exposing themselves and building their own book of business because when they leave my store, they're going to take those customers with them. And I've always countered with why not create a culture that they don't want to leave. Let's create a dealership where they want to get up every morning. They can't wait to put their pants on and get to work because they love being here. And it just seems like it's falling on deaf ears most of the time. Right. Uh, I went through finance. I spent three years. It was the worst three years of my life, but I knew it was something I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be on the desk. Mm-hmm. I love my finance people because they're willing to do the job that I hated so much. Um, but it's, it's important to understand loans, loan to value, what the banks are thinking of, but I don't think it's necessarily critical. You do have to have an understanding of it. What I'm looking for to promote people from sales into finance or from finance to the desk is not necessarily being the very best at what they're doing that moment, but being the best at helping others be their best. If I get a salesperson that just seems to be the go-to guy that everybody on the floor always turns to when they need a turn or they need information, that's the guy that I'm going to look at because he's the one that's helping others. He's setting aside his own personal goals for that moment to help others achieve their goal, knowing that in helping them rise, everybody's going to rise. When the tide comes in, all the boats go up. So those are the people that I'm looking for. Not necessarily the guy that just sells the most cars, because if he sells the most cars, but he's not relying on his team, not helping his team, he's just there for himself, he may not be the best manager. Being a manager is more than just a structure of a deal. If it was that easy, all of us would be on the desk. Everybody in the car business can structure a deal when it comes down to it. But being able to manage, lead, being able to understand what's really going on in the deal, hearing what's, what the customer's saying through the salesperson or through the closer, there's just so much more to it, and you need someone that's not just centralized and focused on themselves. Let me ask you something, Dave. Uh, you know, I mean, listening to these guys, and I know you were on the desk for for years. I mean, it is you know we're we're focusing on one side that 
you know, that they're afraid to promote for the fear of being pushed out. Let's say there's a GM that doesn't want to promote or what have you, but it, is, it, is it maybe even leadership to be blamed? Because here's my question. Is there a justification in some cases in this industry for that fear as well? Kind of looking at it, are there dealers that are willing to push out somebody for someone else? Maybe. You understand what I'm saying? So is there is there a justification in some cases that starts higher up the chain for this fear? Well, there is kind of, because let's face it, you know, when we're on the desk, we're ultimately the ones who are responsible for production. We're, you know, the GM looks at us when we, if we're running a desk, for example. And so there's there's always going to be that. And of course, as we know in the car business, it's not what have you done for me lately? It's what are you doing for me right now? So there's a lot of pressure that comes on that desk. However, that being said, um, I really believe it comes back to leadership and not just leadership, but leadership from the very top, whether it's an owner operator or a general manager. I think that there should be a clear vision on not only and it's not going to be, you know, in black and white necessarily. You, you know, do step A, B, C, and you'll be promoted. It doesn't work like that. We all know that. However, there should be a general uh, path and plan. And part of that path, interestingly enough, is growth. Because mm-hmm. when you can grow your dealership and produce more numbers, right. then, then all of a sudden there's another chair available at the desk. So that's important, too. I'd love to hear, that's you know, some point. of them weigh in on that. Well, Andy Buck's yeah, on the phone. Andy, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Let's get your feedback on this as well. I know that, uh, I know that I'm, you know, you, you're obviously you've been in the car business for a while. You've heard everything we've talked about. Dave just brought up an interesting point that you know, what about growth? I mean, you know, that's 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 actually an interesting point because I mean, if we're interested in growing, why not have more room on the desk? Why not expand this way? You know, what, what's your thoughts on what you've heard so far, Andy? Well, I, you know, to begin with, I want to just say that what I we try to promote from within where we're at anyway. Um, that's that's been my mantra from the beginning. And being a manager is really being the leader. Um, if you're afraid of somebody coming and taking your job, then you don't need to be in that position, in my opinion, um, because you're trying to lead people to be better people. Um, and so, you know, that's that's what you need to be focused on. Uh, as far as room on the desk for growth, I mean. At my store or, or at any of the other stores in our group, if there's somebody that has talent in that area, we'll find a place uh, to do that. But I think the one thing that we do very poorly in the car business is we promote our best salesperson to the desk without any training and expect them to be able to lead a sales force. And a lot of times that just doesn't work out real well, and it's frustrating for them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you, you see that happen, and I think that sometimes – uh, dealerships, because they don't want to have to do that training, they try to have this, you know, this turnkey manager. So you'll see, and I, we don't necessarily have it in an organization, but I see it up and down our strip. You know, a manager will start at one end of the, of the boulevard and manage, and, and you know, eventually go from store to store as a manager. Because uh, sometimes, you know, G, GMs and upper management, hey, they just want that manager they can put in place to run their store and not necessarily have to to spend that time training somebody who's never had the job and, and putting in the effort to to grow somebody as an individual in the, in the business, they just want to hire that manager who can come in and, and, and fix everything for them, so to speak. So, um, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, you want to be efficient and not miss business, but uh, and sometimes you sacrifice promoting from within because you just want to hire that guy who can come in and, and just be like a, a turnkey manager, so to speak. I think Kevin's right, but what you see so much in the car business is they promote someone that seems like they're really good at that position, 
and they forget that they don't automatically know what's expected of them in the higher position. Just because they worked for a good manager doesn't mean that they're going to be a good manager without any help. Training is never ending. You can't go to a gym and work out one day and be in good shape for the rest of your life. You have to continually work at it. So if you promote a salesperson to a closer position, training is key. If he's going to be successful, you have to support him. You have to give him the tools he needs to do his job effectively. You can't assume that because he was a good salesperson and he worked for a closer, he knows what the closer's job is. Or because they kind of know what goes on in finance, they know how to be a good finance manager. Or because they're at the sales desk working a lot of car deals, they don't automatically know what it means to be a sales manager. You have to train the position that you want for success. Dave, let me ask you, man, when you, something Mike just brought up, I mean, we, we've used this a lot, and I know we feel the same, but, you know, uh, we'll get Andy's opinion, I guess, on this, but the car business a lot of times is also, on the flip side, the, a big proponent of what we call it, the Peter Principle, I guess, yep. promoting somebody beyond their capability. Mike just hit it. They're a really yeah. good salesperson, and then they're promoted to a management position, maybe a less effective manager and then maybe yeah. even one day a we, really really sucky gm yeah <laughs> we yeah. see and and they're right on i mean we see this time and time again in the car business you've got a guy who produces and you know so obviously maybe he's the one that has the spotlight on him or her uh, if it's a female same same thing um and then all of a sudden they're put in a completely different role really and and just like they said it doesn't mean that they're going to be a, the best however on the flip side of that you may have, and, and I can I can name several uh, managers who I think are some of the best desk men that I've ever worked with or witnessed on a desk, and they were 10, 12, 13 car a month guys and gals. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it it's not an automatic that if you're an amazing producer that you're going to be an amazing manager. And, and like Mike said, it, you know, it, there has to be training that goes along with that. I'm interested in, in knowing from Andy, um, and you mentioned that you like to promote from within. Would you take a salesperson who is on the sales floor and put them on the desk, or would they have to go through some other uh, management areas like F&I, Internet, things like that? Uh, I would. I, in fact, my new car manager, I promoted right off the sales floor. Um, he had actually only been at one of our other stores for six months, but um, he, he knew he, I felt good about him, and I, I would never look back. Um, I don't feel like there has to be a step. I feel like uh, I feel like, quite honestly, that each position at a car dealership is kind of custom tailored uh, for different um, personalities. So you know, you're like you just said, your best sales manager is not usually your best salesperson because that salesperson is so driven to succeed on their own. But a lot of times it's really hard, and that's actually why I didn't get into management for many years because I wanted to make sure that I was ready to build other people and learn how to lead people and not build myself. Mm -hmm. That's good. And, well, let me ask you that, Kevin. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, Andy brings up a great point here. I mean, in, you know, we, we've had this discussion in the past with even Cribs and I where regarding the – well, anything really we have as a topic on the show, but, for instance, the road to the sale, you know, there's always different opinions, and, and, and a lot of these topics have different, you know, opinions that get brought to the table. So who's to say? that maybe the path to the desk is, is via F and I, I mean, you heard what Andy just said. I mean, is there a place for flexibility? Is there a place, Kevin, for, Hey, this, this person, you know, who's to say it had to go that way. I mean, are you a subscriber of that or do you stick pretty much? I mean, you know, or hey, is the way we've always done it the way we need to do it. I mean, what's your opinion on that, Kevin? Because there's dealers listening right now. The reason we're asking this, there's dealers listening right now that I think are, are caught in, 
you know, somebody said we were at a conference this past weekend, and I'm going to just, just digress just for a second, but I think this is important to bring up because we were talking about this. A lot of us were talking about this type of thing. That dealers are dealers make so much money, and a lot of times change doesn't occur within an organization because why would I need to change if I'm already making so much money? Why would I want to upset the apple cart? And you, even though by doing so you can make more money, you could grow and and so forth. But I'm making money, I'm doing well, and so people I don't think understand outside of the industry how much money is really in the industry. So. I mean, is that a big issue for this 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 change, Kevin, or lack of change? And is there a place for flexibility, you know, uh, in this business and to do things really different? I've always worked at stores where the desk managers have a, a really firm understanding of finance, you know. Um, and I just think, especially in a high volume store, it helps expediate, it helps you know, helps speed up the deal a little bit if you can submit it from the desk mm-hmm. and um, and kind of and keep it moving and and keep your customers, you know, have an efficient experience throughout buying their car. Um, and that, and I've just always been, I've always been a fan of it. Do I think it's absolutely necessary? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, but I definitely think it speeds up the process as far as the car deal and understanding, um, you know, where you need to send, send those customers as far as getting them financed, uh, from the desk. But, um, I, I, I don't really, really have a strong opinion on, on whether it should be mandatory or not. I do think that a desk manager definitely needs to have a firm understanding of the CRM, however. Um, I've I just seen too many instances where, where managers don't have an idea of what's going on with the traffic in their store because um, they're afraid to dive into the CRM. So uh, if I would think that anything is mandatory as far as grooming a, a manager, um, they have to have a really good understanding of the CRM. Yeah, and Mike, Mike, if you would speak to uh, those salespeople who are out there who may be struggling with this. Maybe they have been in a store that uh, you know they've been there three, four, five, six, seven years, and you know they want to go into management, but yet, and it, and by all you know appearances, they quote unquote qualify, and maybe they're a little discouraged. What's a good move for a salesperson that's in that predicament? Well, I think the first move they need to look at is is what are they not doing enough of to get recognized for promotion? Have they expressed it to their managers? Have they gone to the desk guy, the GSM, and said, look, I'm loyal to this store. I work hard for this store. I'd like an opportunity to, to shine more for this store and help the store grow. If they haven't done that, if they've just been hoping that someone's going to magically tap them on the shoulder and say, come on up, then, then they're denying themselves a potential opportunity. If they have done that and someone has either told them no or, put them off and they've seen other people who maybe get hired in off the street and, and they're feeling kind of, you know, dejected, then maybe it's time to look for another store. Um, sometimes the fear of the unknown keeps us in a bad situation longer than, than we should be there. And then when you get out of it, you go to another store and you start to thrive, you think, why did I stay there for as long as I did? I've been there myself. Uh, I've, I've gone out and gotten positions that I thought I deserved that I wasn't getting at the store I wanted. Um, I had to go to a different store to get into finance, and someone gave me a shot, and I'll always be appreciative of that, even though I hated it. <laughs> I mean, is, 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 is culture, Andy, does culture have a lot to play with this? And it, uh, because Mike's saying, hey, go to somebody. and have, have they gone to somebody? Have they expressed their interest? But what if they go to this person that you know, looks at them, and, and maybe the culture's off, you know, the manager's culture's off. Not, and so this person's coming in, and they're doing probably everything 
um, that would appeal to maybe the ownership of the store, caring about the store and so forth. But this manager just doesn't quite like them or, you know, I mean, it just doesn't quite gel. So, Andy, does culture play a big part in that? And then uh, I will give Arnold credit for this tweet because he asked this question. He said or he said that uh, if they're selling the most cars, they're not getting promoted. Kind of weigh in on both of those, uh, Andy Buck. Okay. Well, I, I mean, first of all, I'll say that if they're selling the most cars, I don't have a problem promoting the guy selling the most cars as long as I feel like that he's ready to be a leader and to help lead others to success. Um, I think many times a, a top salesperson, part of, part of being a good top salesperson is being a good self-promoter and promoting yourself to the top and being able to uh, being able to sell the most cars and, and in some ways a little bit selfish because that's what we do. I mean, that's, that's our job. We're competitive. Um, however, you know, that person may or may not be a good manager. So the way I look at it is I look at the top salesperson as, well, that's just a number of consistency that's not uh, representative of what they would do behind the desk. But as far as, um, I'm sorry, what was the first question? Well, that, and then I was just, I was just saying weigh in. I mean, it, Mike had mentioned that the person, based on Dave's question, if they desire to get promoted, Mike was saying that they, have they asked? Have they gone to the manager? And my question was, does culture have a lot to play with that? Because if this person goes to the man, the manager, and this manager already has his eye on his favorite, you know, person or what have you, or the culture is just kind of, you know, off. I mean, and so does it, is this person just dead in the water, even though, you know, with a different management person in the door, he may flourish, you know, or she may flourish. I mean, does culture have a lot to play with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Culture, culture in any business, but especially in the car business mm -hmm. uh, is, is number one, in my opinion. I mean, the, you know, you have to feel open to be able to come and talk to your managers about what's going on. And if one of my managers were to be approached by a salesperson saying, Hey, I want to be a manager. I, I would tell them, hey, you know, there's a few books that you should probably be reading to prepare yourself for that mentally uh, so that you're ready for that. Things like, um, you know, Raving Fans, Gung Ho, by Kent Blanchard, things like that. Um, and, and be ready for the opportunity when it presents itself. Because I think many times people say, well, I want to be a manager. But then as they get there, they don't even know the first thing about, I mean, it's not about knowing the job. It's about knowing how to lead people and, and to really care about your individual salespeople and the people that you're leading. Yeah, I think uh, you know if you're if you're a salesperson right now and you're kind of in that that predicament, yeah. I think you know we just heard that uh, maybe you should speak out, maybe you should go. And and I understand what you were mentioning, Dave, is sometimes maybe your culture in the dealership prevents that, maybe keeps someone from from you know kind of going forward. I also think that it's our responsibilities as general managers, uh, for example, or maybe even a GSM, depending on the store, but a GSM, a general manager, an owner operator, to make themselves accessible right. to employees. I know um, it, that's good. It, yeah. You know, early in my career, I, I mentioned when we opened up that this, this kind of plagued me and it was because we had a, uh, a nucleus of, of salespeople that were really good. And any one of us really at some point could have been promoted, but the general manager really didn't want to rock the boat. He was afraid to promote mm -hmm. anyone because he had this core group of guys that were doing well and didn't want to mix in. They would always bring someone from the outside. Yeah. And we never really grew. But the moment that uh, that that manager left after many years, 
um, the doors just opened up. And all of a sudden, every single one of us that were in that nucleus of, of, mm-hmm. of uh, sales team uh, wound up being promoted and the dealership grew. And it, yeah. was, it was a pretty amazing thing to, to walk through. But Lewis, do me a favor, man. If you pop up, uh, can you pop up? There it is. I want you guys, we're going to give you guys, a, just take your time, two or three minutes each. I want you to, to kind of give your closing remarks on this, but I'm going to also encourage um, you to call in. If you've got a comment on this, you're watching. The number's right on the screen. It's 813-574-1820. We want to bring you on the air, and we've got, we've got about 10 or, 10 or 12 minutes, probably about 10 minutes after you guys are done, and we're going to hopefully, hopefully we can uh, have some conversation uh, with some um, with some folks, maybe you just want to call in and tell Cribs you like his shirt. I don't know, but eight one three five seven four eighteen twenty, and then the crew out uh, outside um, will get you guys in the queue and let us know you're on. But so Kevin, I'll start with you, man. Take take just take your time. Take two or three minutes, and and just really, you know, um, after everything we talked about today, just kind of kind of give your closing remarks on this whole su- subject and try to sew it up, like sew the whole yeah, up, man. Uh- Absolutely. Um, I think as far as getting promoted within your dealership, one thing that you um, definitely need to do is um, is let it be known that you want to be promoted, like uh, like Mike was saying. Um, and that might not necessarily be the be the sales manager at the store, like you said, the GMs and and the dealer principals. Um, if there's a culture where they're accessible, maybe those are the people that need to know that, um, so that uh, so that you let them know that that's that's one of your aspirations, um, and and. I, you know, I kind of encourage any manager who's, who's willing to spend the time to, to try to mentor um, some people in your staff. If you identify somebody who has the capabilities and the passion and, and the want, the drive to, to be in management, spend that little bit of extra time with them. Um, you know, it'll mean, it'll mean the world to them. It meant the world to me. I had a gentleman who, um, a GM at the Hyundai store that I was hired at as a groupie. He put me underneath his wing. Um, and to this day, we're still best friends. We talk all the time. But... He taught me every single bit of this business from, from front to back, and, and I'm forever grateful for that. I definitely wouldn't be in this position uh, without great mentoring. So, um, you know, the path to the desk is, is find somebody who cares about you and sees your passion and, uh, and have, it, have them show you the way. I think that's the, the best way to get to the desk and get promoted in this industry. Um, you know, and obviously have the good work ethic and come to work on time and, and dress, dress to impress and, and do all those things right. Uh, let people know what you want to do, but I think it's it's really up to, to up to upper management to, to find and identify those people and, and mentor them mm-hmm. and get them where they need to be. That's good. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Uh, Mike? Uh, I started my career in a very similar position to David. Nice shirt, by the way, David. Uh, I was part of a core group. <laughs> it matches my granite countertops. <laughs> <laughs> It was the early 90s, so, you know, everybody was rocking. Uh, it was easy to sell cars. It was lots of fun. And I had a closer that I didn't think was the, the strongest team leader. And I went to the GSM in the store and said, I'd like a shot. And he said, I'd, I'd be a fool to promote you because I'd lose my best guy. Why would I I'd do that and create a vacancy on the floor? So I committed to developing some of the newer salespeople that they'd hired to being the best that they could be. And within about four months, I had three guys that were doing 20-plus cars a month. That We, we just had a, an awesome environment I went back to the gsm and i said now you've got three guys that can replace me and all doing better than i'm doing so let's rock it and he ended up giving me my own team and we moved forward when i wanted to go into finance i had to go to a different store but that original experience is what guides me as i'm training and leading my team all day every day every opportunity i have i'm coaching my sales team because 
I know that I want them to be in my seat. If I'm going to rise, I have to have someone in my seat. I have to have someone that can replace me. That's the only way I'm going to move up. So every every opportunity that we have when they talk with a customer, whether the customer buys a car or doesn't, that's a coaching opportunity. I, I tell them, this is why I did this. This is why I told you this. This is what I was looking at when I made this de decision. And when you're a manager, you're going to be looking at these things. You're going to talk about this. You're going to be looking for this. Every chance I have to, to speak with my team is a coaching opportunity because I want them to be the best they possibly can be yeah. so that I can be the best I can be. Let me just say something right there because not only is that an amazing story, Mike, but what you're doing on that, you know, working with those salespeople is what we talked about in the very beginning where it's about purpose. It's about knowing that, you know, when you're getting that coaching and that training, you don't even have to say this is for your road to management. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be a clear-cut thing. When you're doing that, they're receiving it that way automatically. I just love that. Yeah, that's that's uh, absolutely, Mike. Man, always always profound, brother, and uh, no different today. Andy, we're going to give you the – we're having – by the way, guys, uh, make sure you tell Mikey and Kim out there that um, I know we have a caller in the queue, and that we're getting tweets that people are calling in. So 574-1820, um, we're going to get to you in just a second. But, uh, Andy, but give us your closing statements. Well, Mike, Mike Freeman hit it on the head. I mean, it's all about growing others. And a lot of guys want to get behind the desk or to a GM position because they think they'll be the boss or they're going to be managing everybody and telling everybody what to do. And it really is a servant job. So, you know, my, my, um, my advice to anybody who wants to become a manager who's currently on the sales floor might be out there listening would be take some time and do some self um, self-introspection, make sure that you care about other people and that you're, you're willing to grow others, you're willing to serve them, um, and that you're willing to take a little bit of time to read some, read some books from, from people to learn how to lead others well. Um, take some time to educate yourself. Continue to grow because that's the one thing that I always ask in interviews is, you know, what have you done to learn how to be a leader? And they're going to take this position. And a lot of guys or ladies will say, well, you know, I just feel like that I'm ready for it. And sometimes that's good enough, and sometimes it's just not. It's a pretty thankless job sometimes. It's awesome. Very well said, man. Well, guys, thank you guys for taking time. I know it's the last day of the month. Uh, I know you guys. you guys are all aggressive, so I'm sure you guys are, you. have had no share of opportunities today. And So close, strong, and um, thank you guys for, for dropping in today. Hey, I want everybody to have a happy day. Say for the have a happy Thank you too. July weekend, everybody. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Take care, guys. Well, that was it, Take man. Care. That was awesome. That was good stuff, man. We got something. Well, we I feel like we cleared some things up, brought some good perspectives out, but at the same time, there's still a lot of <laughs> things that are kind of up in the air. Well, let's see. We had a couple callers, I think, in the queue. So um, we have uh, who's on phone first? So okay, there we have Tony. Go. We got Tony D on the line. <laughs> What's up, first. man? This is Tony D. <laughs> Tony D, live from the Academy, Austin, Texas, on ADL. How are you, gentlemen, doing today? Oh, we're doing wonderful, man. Great, Tony. Great, Tony. Good to hear you. I saw Tony I this just, weekend. I just. Go ahead, man. Go so, ahead, Dave. How you doing, sir? So, hey, you've I'm been listening well. to this. What do you ha What do you have to say about this thing, man? You know, I found some interesting. Uh, parallels between what we were hearing last week at uh, Women in Automotive and some of the things that being we were talking about today on ADL, you got to ask for it. 
you have to be the one to go ask for it. And I thought the information that was just given was one of my notes I had written down. Find your replacement. Mm. You know, mm. look at the rest of the sales staff and the team and, and find who can replace you. We see sales managers want to go to GSM. We have F&I people want to go to director or to the desk or, or to GSM. Find your replacement. And one of the things that got brought up was, you know, managers or GMs or sometimes dealers holding people back. And they go, well, I don't want to lose the 20-car guy. Well, if we got a good operational store, we're not going to lose the 20 cars. Those 20 cars may be split between two or three or four other salespeople, but we're not going to lose those 20 vehicles. And when we identify somebody who can be a manager and a leader, it's time to start moving them up and, and bring them into those positions uh, that can lead the, the other folks. And a lot of times, they're not always the top-performing salesperson. When we're looking for F&I people, we look for people who can follow direction, stay on course, good detail-oriented, and a lot of times, that's not my top-performing salesperson. So wanted to get that in there on the show, but I thought an interesting parallel about you got to go ask for it. Don't expect anybody to give it to you. We're in the car business. If you don't ask for it, you ain't going to get it. Tony, do you think we need to go through F&I before we get to the desk? <laughs> absolutely. In today's market with the legal climate we're in, absolutely 100%. And a lot of the dealerships that, that I'm working with now uh, at the Academy – that seems to be the preferred career track that is working best uh, across the board is sales, F&I, to the desk, to director, to GSM, to GM. And, and we do still see, unfortunately, a lot of stores that go say, uh, floor, desk, F&I. It's that F&I experience, and especially in the legal climate we're in today, it's, it should be mandatory across the board, in my opinion. Very well, man. You know, what came to mind? Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys have a good day. I'll listen to some of the other callers. Thank you, Y'all man. Y'all take it easy. Thank we'll you, see Tony. you a digital dealer next month. Absolutely. Can't wait, man. You know, right, uh, something, we got another caller on, on hold. Okay. And, but, but real quick, something that came, um, just I thought of that when he was saying that, it, and it's kind of a statement, but, you know, um, he was saying find your replacement. And something that popped in my mind, if, if you're not willing to find your replacement, replacement you're thinking too small. Because if you if you think about that, if you're, you're the reason you wouldn't do it is you're scared to be replaced, yeah. and then not have anywhere to go. But that's that's thinking thinking because it, reality is if you have a, if you have something that's worth, you know, anything, right? As a, as a leader and a producer, then you're not you're not it's going to be satisfied where you are five years from now. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. That's really the gist of what we're talking about is that purpose and that drive to go to the next level and and what that looks like. And I, I thought that was an amazing tip because now. Now you have something you can put into action. You have a proactive approach to earning that next position. Mm. And go ask for it, just like uh, Tony D talked about and, and some of the others that were on earlier. We have a caller in there, man. Well, let's go. Oh. <laughs> we have <laughs> the next up is Stacy <laughs> Ellison. Stacy, how are you? Hi, Hi Colin. I have a crib. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate I it. Shirt. I appreciated everybody's support. Uh, knowing I was on the show we today, it was wonderful. So, how so, you doing? Um, what do you think? I'm good. I have a question, and yep. it, it all has to do with management and leadership. And since I left the dealership world, and I'm working with dealers, I see it over and over again. 
everybody wants a title and nobody wants a responsibility and nobody wants to put in the work and nobody wants to actually leave their team. And I had a young lady last week who I was working with in a BDC that messaged me and told me that one day she was going to be like me. And my response to her was, no, 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 no. You've got to be better than me. And that's what I truly want for my employees and my people that I work with. And I just don't understand how managers give promotions to house mice. Um, you know, why, when do we stop getting selfish and, and stop leading our people instead of why are we still managing them? doesn't make any sense. That's good. So management versus leadership. Yeah, and, and, and there's, I, there's a distinct different. difference. I mean, there is a distinct difference. Yeah, and you know what, um, Stacy, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. We've seen this as well, but um, you know, a great leader is not going to put someone in a position that maybe they hang out with at night, or maybe they get right. along with a little bit better at you know at the water cooler. They're just not going to do that because it's going to do two things. Number one, it, you're really cheating yourself and the dealership because everything everything that the dealership produces under you is helping you i think we all could agree on that and the other thing is that we talked about it earlier how we're affecting the rest of the culture in the dealership and the morale and losing great people that you know would potentially be a better fit in that role versus someone who might be like you said a house favorite yeah but i will say this in the house favorites defense Typically, the house favorite is typically someone. There's a reason that they're the house favorite, and typically it's because they can be relied upon, um, and they deal with customers properly, and they do the types of things that. It's not because they're bringing an apple and putting it on the desk. Right. That's it's not it. because they're bringing an apple in most <laughs> cases. Right. Stacy, man, it's good hearing from you. We gotta get you back on you soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Stacy. And we have another caller. We've got uh, we've got about six minutes left in the show, so we're we're trying to do something a little different. And uh, so we do have another caller. We're going to bring on in just a second. But if you want to call in, you have a question uh, or comment, we want to hear it. We got six minutes. We'd love to hear it. Eight one three five seven four one eight two zero. We probably have time for uh, maybe a couple more after this. So right now we're going to bring on Sean Long. Sean, how are you doing, sir? I'm blessed. How are you? Oh man, likewise, brother. I've seen you on social media and. Um, um so great great stuff you're tweeting out uh actually your tweet just popped up don't fear change embrace it it's simply the only thing in life that's guaranteed so what's your question or comment and thanks for calling in oh awesome i just want to touch base on something mike the car guy said i literally just had this conversation with my gm because my sales staff you know they're approaching me with just how easy it is with technology, how to put your own cell, uh, you know, your website up and actually try to generate your own leads. I was touching base with them, you know, why don't we show these guys how to do that? And his direct rebuttal was, is I don't want to train them so that they go down the street to my competitor. And I kind of agree with Mike, you know, if we're giving these guys the tools to sell 30 cars a month, why are they going to want to go down the street? So, I mean, there's just a ton. I mean, every day there's just so many digital assets and other stuff like that. I mean, you got a lot of pros like David Phillips teaching people how to close these deals. And, oh, thank you, you know, we need to empower these guys. We need to, you know, well, give kudos. them every type of weapon in their arsenal that they can. And they're not going to want to go anywhere else. Yeah, uh, that's good, Sean. Uh, I agree, Sean. And you know what? That's it's. I, I'm just going to call it out. I mean, it's 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 funny because as leaders, sometimes we accuse people of stinking thinking, and it's just stinking thinking. I mean. I don't understand what the difference in, you know, 20, year, 20 years ago, a dealer would be proud of a salesperson that wrote, you know, 500 letters and sent them out to promote the dealership and to pr promote him or herself. So it's really no different. It's just technology has caught up with it. You cannot, you can't contain 
Um, you, I mean, it basically what you're saying when you when you take that position is, look, we want you to reach out to people, but not too many people. Mm-hmm. We don't want you to reach right. too many people, right? Yeah. We want you to be stellar, but not so stellar that you might attract attention. So. Right. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Hey, thanks for the call, Sean. We appreciate you listening and watching. You're awesome. Yeah, man. Love thank you show. very much. Love the show. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Man, that's awesome. Like, we we have time. Uh, we have time. We had a couple. We had somebody just te- just just uh, send in a message to me saying that they, uh, they were on hold or or, or dropped off. But that's uh, um, we welcome you to call back. We have a couple minutes here. It's eight one three five seven four eighteen twenty. Listen, if you have something to say, that was a great comment by Sean Long. And you know, it's funny. He it's it's it's, it's interesting. I don't know where Sean's from. Um, but it's, it sounds like he's from possibly the South, maybe a little bit, right? Or something. maybe so, uh, but he, he, you know, he has the same issue as Mike Carrera, who's in California. Right. You know, so it's, it's not, it's not, it's not partial to one, you know, area. It's, it's, it's this industry we're in. Um, and so these guys are sharing things that I think a lot of dealers can relate to. And, and that's interesting how. He just had this issue and just had this problem. And my, my thing is this, how, as a trainer, as a, you're a trainer, as a person who teaches people, I couldn't no more stand in front of somebody and com- with conviction tell them that they should sell this particular product or this particular car or do it for this particular company if I felt that way. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I mean, I would have a better chance. I mean, I can't fake it like that, man. Right. I mean, if we're going to hold anyone back from doing that, why not just hold everybody back? I mean, why would we want to have anyone reach anybody? (laughs) I'm not quite sure. All of you be mediocre. All right. Uh, That's what we want. We want to keep a bunch of mediocre folks here. And and, uh, I tell you, man, it's an interesting topic. I think that we can continue. I I like the the opening. We've been doing this a little bit lately. And I think I know you like this because we talked about it a while back doing this. But we, we've been doing this a lot where we've had callers because I want to hear from you. And we, we love this type of dialogue. And um, we've always had people try to reach and, and call in, but we've, we're making it a little easier now. So um, thank you guys for, for calling in. Man, I'll tell you what, Dave. What an awesome show, brother. Oh, it was fun, man. It was fun. I don't think we've ever done this A little this rusty, before, but, you know. Oh, dude, you were great, man. Squeaking over here. <laughs> You know, hey, you, you know what's crazy though? I don't think you and I ever did this. No, had like two minutes to spare. Oh kidding? no, no, no. We usually went to about five thirty-six. Yeah. Like that. Usually, my <laughs> wife would like text me like, "Yeah, hey. we got some time." So since we have some time, guys, I figured I'd bring in like the original. You know, oh, oh, the original. The original car guy, one of the original, you know, auto dealer live. That's right. It's All right, Chris. I gotta set this up. But wait, Chris uh, is in uh, here. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Hold on, before you set Chris. it up. Chris, I gotta set Pritchard. this up because some oh, yeah. of you guys don't even know who this is. Look at him! Look we at him! We started. This is look Chris at him. We started Auto Dealer oh, Live. Oh, Listen oh, to this. Oh, hey! Is Hold that? on. We, I gotta hear him do it. We got. I gotta lay this out. We started Auto Dealer Live in February of 2012. That is four and a half years ago. It was before David even worked yeah. here, or I yeah. even I even knew you. Yeah, I didn't even know you. And Chris was my original co-host for about a year. And then I did it on my own for uh, probably close to a year, maybe a little under. And then Dave, you joined. And then when you when you left the show, Tommy, which I guess Tommy's uh, kneeling down. There's a Sasquatch. There's the Sasquatch. Let me take myself out of frame. Look at him. He's on the floor. There he is. There he is. But Chris, man, Chris used to have this. We used to make fun of him. Not in like a make fun of a way, but like kind of like joking. Yeah. Because can you do it, man? You still got it? Yeah, I got it. You still got it here. There it is. He used to open the show this way every week. That's right, it's time for Auto Dealer Live. 
<laughs> Listen, it was funny, man. We'd start off, we'd start the show off, and it was like no joke, the intro, whatever the intro was in, it was probably like uh, Backstreet Boys back then. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It was, like the, it was like the. It was like ACDC. Actually, it was ACDC. Yeah, it was. It was like it was ACDC. Hey, can we get the original uh, the, the Sasquatch in the corner? Get him on on, on the. Yeah, on come frame. on over here, Tommy. Come on, Frank. This is Throwback <laughs> Thursday, man. You guys are getting he's, some. He's trying to find not a place to the fit. camera. <laughs> yeah, I don't really sure this yeah, is going to work goof. out because these are a couple of big guys here, and Tommy's <laughs> there got a, there Tommy's got a size fifty freaking chest and a thirty four <laughs> waist. Thirty six. Johnny, thirty six two. Thirty six waist. 36. Johnny Bravo, wow, Mr. Incredible. Other men have had uh, that shape. <laughs> but, uh, geez, I feel like I'm... <laughs> he has a chest of, All right. a chest of granite. Hey, so, so Chris Chris used to do this. So the intro would come on, right? And, and I'm going to try my version. I'm going to let you do it again. Okay. So the intro would come on, and, 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 and it would be off, and it would be like, that's right. Well, it, right. What do you say, Tommy? <laughs> Tommy, you can do it really good. Come on. That's right. Three thirty, auto dealer live. <laughs> Except you had to do it nasally. Why did you do it nasally? What the hell? I didn't do that. Come on, do it again. Do it again. That's right. It's time for auto dealer live. What's up, Chris Fritcher? Chris Fritcher. What up? What do you think, man? Four years and a half. This show um, is on the air and obviously has grown. What do you think, man? I think it's awesome. I think it's a place that. Um, um, People in the automotive business can go and share ideas and, and um, you know, a place where everybody can kind of communicate and be able to expand uh, ideas in the industry, which was the idea from Jump Street. So. Whose idea was it? Um, it was mine. It was Chris's. We owe it to Chris, you guys. This is the man. Alive. This is the That's man the right legend. here. Right, T? Got nothing funny to say? Nope, nothing funny to say. <laughs> I just was, I'm, I'm getting, I'm just, oh, somebody said, I remember when Tommy Elwell used to try to beat up Popeye. So I guess that's a Bluto <laughs> reference or Bruno. <laughs> what a Bluto? Yes. yes. Tommy, yes. listen, there's, a, there's, a, there's only four in the group, all right? Brutus, Bluto, what I guess when you call him Popeye's nemesis, uh, right. Mr. Incredible, Johnny Bravo, and Tommy. The four of them get together and switch pants <laughs> <laughs> and jackets. That's funny. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, this is great. I Thank wish our guests were bigger. This is great. <laughs> you, you know, I've only been on one other show since I was on Auto Dealer Live, and it didn't go very well. It didn't go very well. I mean, you know, Chris Hansen just blindsided me. <laughs> He's like, we have the transcripts here, Mr. Cribs. You know what the greatest thing in the world is? Is the fact that Tom is still ground, on the get phone. Get on the ground. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm selling cookies, I swear. Well, listen, we're building, and we're going to let the cat out of the bag. We are building a, a we're studio. We're actually knocking some walls down here in the next step. Uh, we just took over our company. We have about 4,700 square feet, and we just took over almost an additional 3,000 square feet. Uh, signed the lease yesterday. It's official. We're moving in. And um, anyway, point is, is the studio is going to get a lot bigger, and uh, we're building a new desk. We're actually building the desk, not buying a desk. We got we got one of our guys that welds welding a freaking desk, and it's, you saw it. It's like brushed metal. It's sweet. So my point is, it's going to hold more people. So just stay tuned, because something really crazy might happen on Auto Dealer Live here in the next three weeks that uh, I think will be pretty cool, and so we'll see what happens. Hey, uh, let's, let's, let's everybody wave at <clears throat> Michael Churro. First, can you stop walking in front of my camera? Hey, let's get Mike in the picture. Mike, Thanks for bearing here. with us here. Mike Cherup's Mike last Cherup. day here. This is our producer. Our last, his last day here is tomorrow, and um, 
He has uh, been here. How many years have you been here, Mike? Three and a half. Three and a half years. Uh, he's an incredibly loyal. Uh, first of all, I'm going to tell you something. He gave me a six and a half month notice. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. He told me like January. Hey, man, I'm leaving. And so I'm like, oh, crap. He's like, because he's like our IT guy. You know, I'm like, crap, when? He's like, oh, and like July 1st. I'm like, what? Oh, okay, man. I'm good. I'm good. Dude. That's 10 years in your life, right? Yeah. Like 10 years away. Thanks, Mike. Well, he gave me a six and a half month notice, and we uh, we knew it, but, you know, the time came too quick. So tomorrow is his, uh, his last day. And, man, Mike, what an awesome job. Um, Lewis's butt was puckering today, man, because he was a little nervous because <laughs> he was running the show. Like, you know, he realizes that, you know, this is all over, you know, and he's going to be, you know. But, uh, Mike, your favorite time has to be what? When I threw the pin in the back of your head? Is that? Um, I think I still have a dent in the back oh, of my wow. skull from the pin that hit <laughs> me in the head. That? No. It yeah, was the, fr- the, it was the, that was the we... first BDC boardroom. Right. Wow. All four members were supposed to be on Skype, uh-huh. and only one of them was hap- well, Only one was showing up on Skype. The other three kept disconnecting, and Dave finally got pissed at me and threw the pin. I still have a dent. Oh, wow. I didn't mean to hit him in the back of the head, <laughs> in all due respect. I just meant to tap him, like in a, and I threw it a little too hard, a little too high, and it hit him in the back of the head. He's like, mm. it's called Morgan and Morgan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it happened too long ago, man. So, um, Monster Mike is leaving, and uh, Seren says, Monster Mike, oh, that makes me so sad, but give Ezra my... No, no, no. Um, I'm and, not giving uh, Ezra anything to uh, hear, Ezra's <laughs> plea. I was reading Ezra's plea. Ezra. And then, uh, let's see, Stacy Ellison, oh, Mike's last day with Auto Live. Arnold said, what? Monster Mike is leaving? Bobblehead. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. To everybody out there, I thank you guys. Um, I'll give my full farewell speech tomorrow to the company. But to everybody on the radio show, I loved every single one of you, including you, Arnold. Yes, we had some fun together. Um, but it's time for me to peace out. So, <laughs> Keith Wilkerson said, six month notice, you'd never see that in a dealership. <laughs> Mike just yeah. dropped the mic. Dropped the mic. And left the room. Oh, he dropped the headphones. Yeah, Mike's he, he's he's too anal about mics and you know and, and uh, equipment. <laughs> All right, guys, man, it's been real. I, I I wish we could have done this earlier, and it's like you know just kept talking. It's kind of funny, but I doubt anyone's listening now. So I'm not really sure. But. <laughs> All right, well, join us. Hey, a couple shows we have to announce this. Right, we're a couple shows. We have Digital Dealer uh, show next week. Um, we've got virtually most, if not all, of the keynote speakers that are going to be uh, joining us, as well as some significantly strong workshop uh, speakers nice. next week. It's going to be a show where we're going to have not talk about Digital Dealer only. We're going to have Digital Dealer folks on. Uh, internet sales shows coming up. We have the trainer debate discussion show. We have culture shock coming up. BDC internet strategy show. And then we have the dealer show. We literally have seven or eight shows booked. And uh, if you have what it takes to be on Auto Dealer Live, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to our team and we'll get you on. Thanks, man. Dave, thank you, brother. It's wonderful, awesome, bro. Awesome. All right. Peace. We're out.